Welcome to Nightlight, a horror movie podcast. I'm one of your hosts, Freddie, also known as Nighty Night. Today, I have a very special conversation for you all. We are joined by Riley Stearns, the writer-director of the new movie, Duel, which is out now in theaters. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks for having me. Yeah, it's a pleasure to have you. I'm really excited to talk about this movie. I saw it last week and I saw it again today just to prepare for this. And I got to say, I'm a really big fan. Um, Yeah, like, tell us a little bit about your movie. Yeah, of course. I mean, uh, the basic premise is that in this alternate reality, if you know that you're going to die, if you're suffering from a terminal disease, you can have yourself cloned so that your family doesn't have to miss you. Uh, But what uh, the movie then like goes on to tell you is that if you go into remission and uh, your clone wants to still exist in this world, you have a year to train for a duel to the death to see who continues to live as yourself. I mean, the concept alone is really great. Just hearing about it uh, coming from your mouth too, like the director itself and the writer. Um, it's a great concept. And I think the title itself duel has so much double meaning too, because a duel is like a double as well. Plus also you're dueling yourself in a way too. And in our lives, we kind of duel against ourselves sometimes too. We are sometimes our worst enemies. And I love seeing that kind of context in this movie. And a question that I always ask within this podcast, and we're a big horror community, we love horror, and this kind of dives into like the horror genre. Um, why horror for you? Are you a fan of the horror genre or do you like horror movies? Is there anything that kind of inspired uh, you to tell this story? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I would not consider this a horror movie, even though there's elements of it that uh, I think people who are fans of genre and horror uh, more specifically would be uh, into. Mm-hmm. Um, but I'm a, I'm a horror fan. Uh, I love, uh, obviously, like really good horror films. Uh, I feel like uh, it's harder and harder to find the things that I'm really, really attached to nowadays. But like when they come through, like uh, when, when something like X by Ty West comes mm. out and you just are like, oh, nice. Like I get a throwback. I get this like this really current filmmaker doing a throwback and something in his own voice. That stuff is really exciting to me. Um, I, I like some of my favorite movies uh, are horror films. So like you look at Alien, uh, The Thing, like really classic, boring answers, but like when a no. perfect movie is a perfect movie. Like, Those are like, my uh, favorite movies too. No, exactly. I'm all about yeah, it. Like yeah. you just saw me start smiling when you said Alien and The Thing. I was like, that's in my top 10. I guess it's like saying, I mean, you know, it's boring. I love, I love uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, 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 Casablanca and, and Godfather and like- the classics. But exactly. But they are classics for a reason. And yeah. I feel like even if you're not making a full on genre film, uh, when you straddle a line, like I've tended to try to do of, of making something that feels like it could be genre or lives within that space, but also addresses things in a more grounded way sometimes, uh, and then has its stylized moments as well. You can't not be a fan of uh, specific genres that are like fully that, that thing. Like I like messing around with multiple things at the same time but i also love when the masters take on a genre and just like go full force into that genre i I completely agree with you and i think it's one of those things where there's always going to be a movie that someone's going to gravitate towards and that's the nice thing about the horror genre and even like watching this movie even the opening scene alone i was like oh this gives me a lot of good vibes of like ready or not and that's like also like a big fighting against and trying to survive as you can. Uh, but this movie is very unique and I love the, the tone and feel of it. And knowing your past work, how was it to feel to uh, kind of like mesh two genres of like comedy and horror? 
was it like difficult for you to like dive into or did you really have this thought already in your head like what inspired you to make this movie specifically well for people who don't know i made this is my third feature and the first film i made was a film called faults uh it mm. came out back in 2014 2015 uh and it is a dark comedy uh set in the world of a deprogramming and uh, it definitely veers into thriller areas that I think ended up playing some horror festivals because there is that kind of crossover in genres. Uh, and then I made a movie called The Art of Self-Defense, which similarly is a dark comedy, but also has very dark themes. And as it goes along, it, it explores hypermasculinity and uh, mm. violence and its effect on people in a way that it can be considered horrific. And so I, I've been down this path to a certain extent before. So it's not necessarily new territory in the meshing of genres. It's more that this specific movie just feels like it's coming at it from a different perspective. It's, it's more about, uh, like you said, confronting oneself. Uh, are you your own worst enemy? Uh, if, if something happens to you in your life that you aren't expecting, how do you come out of it? Are you trying to better yourself or are you sort of resigned to say, well, I guess this is how it is now. Uh, it, it's more about the humanistic themes, even though it's set in this sort of pseudo science fiction world. Yeah, no, I love it. And I, I think you are really good at world building too. I, I fully feel like I was invested in the environment that I was in with this character with Sarah. And it's very interesting because with like the dialogue and how characters interact, you kind of just like understands like everyone's very comfortable with this. Everyone's yeah. comfortable with dealing with death or um, knowing like, is this my best version of myself? Am I going against that? Or is there a duality in my own mind of like, am I my worst enemy? And I love movies like that because it's very psychological. And I feel like this is a very psychological thriller as well, where you're facing yourself as with Sarah. Um, what was it like working with this team? Because I have to say, yeah, Karen Gillian absolutely killed it. She did a phenomenal job. Um, Aaron Paul also well was a great um, contrast to her as well. Um, and the team itself, the great cinematography, the music, uh, I think everything like worked very, very well. How's it working with like the people you were working with? I appreciate that. Yeah, the um, the cast, I, I hadn't worked with uh, uh, Karen, Aaron, or Beulah before, mm -hmm. uh, but all have be since become friends. They're all just wonderful people and incredibly talented actors. I did know Aaron prior to this. I guess I should uh, qualify. Uh, he was in a movie called Smash years ago that my ex was in. And so like we crossed paths and we knew each other. And so he came into this already kind of as a, a, a friend, but uh, learned even more about each other. And, and he really just dove into it in a way that was was really exciting. But I think obviously when you look at the movie, Karen, it's Karen's movie at the end of the day. Mm -hmm. And if she didn't deliver the characters in the way that she does, it, it all, a lot of it just rests on her shoulders. And so uh, we were just so thrilled with the way that that turned out. Um, just really embraced the subtleties between the two characters and uh and got the tone and was just like ready to play and do something out outside of her comfort zone um similarly with my uh, uh collaborators um specifically we're talking you mentioned the score uh emma ruth rundle is the composer and this is her first film that she's wow. uh, scored and she's a, a musician that i'm a huge fan of she's like a singer songwriter but on the darker end of music and so first mm -hmm. she's played in in bands that uh, tend to be like a little heavier. And then she's also got her singer songwriter stuff that's a little darker, but also quieter and moodier. Uh, I approached her about doing the score way back in 2017 before I'd even written the script. I was just like, 
I'm going to write this thing and I would really love it if I could write to your music and know that you would be the person who would maybe want to do the score. And, and she really embraced that. And I was, I was kind of thrilled and honestly shocked that she said yes. And she just is incredible. And I hope she continues to do scores and I get to work with her someday. And then my um, cinematographer and my editor, so Michael Reagan and Sarah Beth Shapiro respectively, uh, have done all three of my movies. So we have a great working relationship and, and I feel like they're the collaborators that I bring on kind of like every project. I love hearing stuff like that because I feel like there is a very uh, distinct vision that you guys all had and there was a lot of collaborative effort. And for our listeners, I know I've talked about it in the past interviews and stuff like that, but making the movie is a huge collaborative effort and it takes a whole village to make a movie and it's almost like a miracle to get a movie done. And it's great to hear that you have some people that you put your trust in and you've worked with for a long time or just mutual friends who just came together. And like you said, you liked her music prior and then was able to reach out and that kind of helped shape the whole entire vision of the movie. Um, was there any particular uh, moments behind the scenes that's like most memorable for you? I mean, the first thing that comes to mind is that we shot the movie in Finland during COVID. So I'll oh, wow. always remember that we were in a completely different country during the height of a pandemic uh, back in 2020 when it was still pre-vaccine, uh, people were very mm -hmm. scared. Um, if you're, if anybody on your crew got COVID, then it shuts down production like right away. So we ended up shooting in Finland because they handled the situation pretty well. They, at their peak, uh, when we were there only had 3000 cases out of 5 million people, uh, population. And so we felt very, uh, good about our chances of having a safe production there. And the country really just like rolled out the red carpet for us. Anything we needed, they took care of. They, uh, they helped facilitate. And uh, between testing and, and uh, God, the way that zones work, making sure that your actors are never in contact with people they don't have to be in contact with. Mm. It was a challenging shoot to say the least, but it ended up being one of the, the like smoothest shoots at the same time, which is pretty cool to look back on. That's awesome to hear too. That's a really cool fun fact. I didn't know you guys shot it all the way over there. Um, yeah. Was there any like uh, rewrites that you had to do because of COVID or was this like kind of like the vision that you were hoping for? Because this movie looks like it's fully complete. I don't think nothing had to be added. Nothing had to be taken away. Uh, the pacing's really well done. And to your point, Karen Gillian's, this is her movie and she holds yeah. it very, very well. And her character arc does go through a lot of stuff and you do see a lot of um, uh, emotional range even towards the end of the movie, uh, especially at the end of the movie uh, where the movie sometimes leads up to this point because it seems very like monotone at times and very humorous, but then it just hits you with that emotional pact. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, would you say for yourself as the director and the writer of this movie, was this like your own complete package or was there something that you would hope that you would have in there that you weren't able to do it? No, I mean, if anything, it was even more uh, COVID and having a shoot in Finland made it even more um, the movie that I hoped it could be. I think that shooting in the United States in a like Atlanta or Portland mm -hmm. or Seattle or even going to Vancouver or something, it would have felt like things you've seen before. And I'm sure it would still have been fun and, and we would have had a, uh, a good experience and ended with a good film. But I, I think the fact that we got to go shoot in Finland where honestly people in the United States do, don't even know anything about Finland. And I have been there and I know a little bit more now, but even then there's some like 
weirdness about it and like the some mystery and I, I love that the movie doesn't feel like you can pinpoint where we where we set it and it's sorry not that it's set in Finland but where we shot it yeah no I'm happy to hear that it turned out exactly how you wanted it or even more so because it does feel like a very personal story uh, and then a little bit more personal on your end do you feel like you're battling yourself sometimes in life I think we all have those moments right like I, yeah. I think that I handle things well enough but we all have moments that where we where we either uh get complacent or we uh do something that we later on go like ah oh, that probably wasn't the right way to do it uh but i think for the, for better or for worse I, i tend to be confident in the choices that i make and uh particularly in the films that i choose to to write and direct i i really i just feel like it's the right space for me so yeah i i think we all battle ourselves to a certain extent but hopefully i'm I'm a little bit more on the side of uh, being active and and uh, taking initiative in my life than than not. That's fair. I like that answer, and I think a mm. lot of people will get that out of this movie as well. It's very cathartic. Um, I've, like you said, I feel like a lot of people are constantly either um, comparing themselves to other people or feel like maybe they're not accomplishing everything that they're doing. Um, but this really brings to light where it's like, no, just be you. And that's the most yeah. important thing. And with Sarah, I think a lot of people will be able to relate to her in that aspect where even the smallest details, and I'm not going to do any spoilers on this because I want people to check this movie out as they should, because it's a really good movie. Um, it's like, there's a scene where she's looking at her double, looking at herself in the mirror. And it's like, oh, this shirt's a little too big on me. Maybe I'll restyle it. It's like, oh, am I like not fit or something like that? Mm-hmm. Um, or it's like, oh, maybe I don't have the best style. It's, it's just like the little things that all the little sticks things. before yeah. mine and stuff like that. Um, yeah, I'll be personal too. Like I suffer from anxiety. I'm always overthinking, but at the same time, it's like, I love me and I love what I do. That's that's all that's important and stuff Dude, like that. Yeah, that's great. That's all you can yeah. ask for yourself. And and as long as you're trying to be a good person, then like exactly. not hurt other people, then then yeah, who who are you hurting? I uh I really liked the movie. I'm glad that you said that because not a I think that people are thinking about the overall pretty well, but I do think that the the little details in the movie about like the 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 little things that get to us or the little things that add up, that's where the humor is for me, is like. Uh, you said I, I'm I may be a size smaller than you, and then uh, uh, Sarah's character says that she, her favorite kind of food is Mexican food, and then later on in the movie, you've got Sarah's double being like, "Well, I, I don't like Mexican food," and it's like the tiny little things right. are where where we try to let the humor lie in uh, the mundaneness of life rather than the big things, the like the the deaths in our life or the the loss of a job or whatever. It's mm-hmm. it's all about more the minutia if that makes sense. And I love the aspect too, because I, I love that you're making all these points. It's like another thing that just came to mind. It's like, uh, you're looking at the version of what people expect you to be. So the relationship with her mother or like her loved one is like, no, I like this version better. And that gets to her a lot too. I'm just like, oh yes. Like you should really just own your identity. But at the same time, it's like, you shouldn't want to be the version that what people expect you to be. Yeah. Um, you said it already, but it's, it's like, just be you. And I, I think yeah. that, uh, that that is valid here and i think that that's something else with the art of self-defense that i always kind of said i was like it's kind of cheesy but just like be the best version of yourself that's what i think the movie's sort of about right and then speaking about the themes i mean we were talking about this is there other themes that you want the audience to take away from the movie uh i mean not necessarily overt themes i think again thinking about 
who you are? Are you being the best person you can be? Are you uh, trying to change because of other people? Are you changing because of yourself? Mm -hmm. Uh, It's all that. At at the end of the day, I'm I'm not trying to uh, teach anybody anything. I'm not like a message guy. Uh, I do think that there are themes that relate to my life and maybe people other will also find those, those themes valid, but uh, I, I just hope that people are entertained at, uh, uh, at the end of it. That's, that's my main goal. And even if they don't love the movie, uh, I hope that they maybe go, well, like I haven't seen anything like that. That's kind of cool. And um, as long as there's some reason that they felt like the movie needed to exist, uh, then, then that's cool for me. Right. I, I totally agree with you. I know that there's a, a lot of relatability in this movie and there are themes that people are going to take out and take value to it. But I love how unique this movie is as well. Uh, and I, I do want to talk about like how the characters interact with each other, how like they express emotion and how they talk. Was there um, a main reason why you had characters like talk the way they do? Yeah, there's like a disassociated yeah. sort of... Um... Uh, removed emotionality to mm-hmm. everybody's uh, dialogue, and and it's something I've experimented now with with all three films. But I I think that the the thing that I find is that if you have a world that's stylized and it's a world where the law is and and that people have created this law that if you are gonna continue if you want to continue to live uh, you're gonna have to fight your double to the death. Like that's a law where also people who created it would probably talk the way that they talk. It's just so matter of fact, it's so cut and dry. If I had people talking like they were in our world, I just feel like it wouldn't, I wouldn't buy those rules in the same way. So it's all about world Mm. building, whether it's the way that people speak to each other, whether it's the way that technology is presented in the film or the rules that they have to follow or the way that uh, people dress or the way that, uh, I don't know, like, they're presented with information about how they're dying. All of that is like supposed to help everything. So it's, if you have one thing that starts to not feel like the other things, then it can all come crashing down. And, and I, I think that that might be a little hyperbolic, but I do think that trying to find that through line between every element of the movie is very important in dialogue. And, and the way that people deliver that dialogue is, is just as important as the way that their computer looks when they're texting or talking to their friends. I'm going to have to agree with that because like I told you earlier on, I was like, I was fully invested in the world building. And I think that had to do a lot with it. And I think subconsciously, I didn't know that until you just told me right now, which is funny. To and it's not that. for everybody. Like there are going to be people who find it really fucking grating and I'm totally fine with that. <laughs> that's but, totally like, fine. I, uh, some people are going to fucking love it too. So exactly. Like, and so, that's the thing. So like, I'm yeah. not trying, like I, I say this a lot and I, I feel like a broken record, but I'm not making a move like there are friends or I guess it would be more like like peers or uh, other filmmakers who or any artist really who say I don't make anything for other people I just make it for myself I only yeah. care what I think and I don't think that way like I actually really do care that people like stuff but I don't I also am not going to bend to that will at the right. same time so am I making entertainment yes do I want people to be entertained by it yes but I also am not trying to make something that's going to please literally every person. I think that you're doing yourself a disservice if you go about uh, any sort of art in either way. Right. It's all, yeah. No, I love that you're saying stuff like that too, because yeah, some people are not going to like it, which is fine. Uh, Everyone's open to their opinion, but you want to make a movie that you want to make and you don't want to change your perspective or your vision and knowing that you want to entertain the people who are going to love it. Because I do think a lot of people are going to love this movie. And like I said, there's a lot to take out of it. And I got to say, 
I was laughing my ass off a lot. Good. Yeah, uh, I, I got to hear a little bit of it. I didn't sit through the screening last night, but we did our first screening in LA. At, nice. as part of Beyond Fest uh, invited us to play at mm. the American Cinematheque, which is really great. They presented it. And it was a really like fairly warm audience, people who were fans of my work, which is really nice. But hearing the way that people reacted and hearing the laughter, it, it just, it felt really good. It felt like uh, not every, again, not everyone's going to get it, but the people who get it really get it. And so right. uh, it's cool to hear that even in your, like the privacy of your own home, you were able to get that humor and, and feel those, those feelings. Oh, without a doubt. And I think one of the the promos for this movie uh, is like a small clip where she like stabs his like foot and then like stabs him in the stomach and stab, she's like stab. stab. Yeah. And I was like, this is, this is literally my humor. This is my Good. comedy. I love this. We're, and I posted it. Like-minded. Yeah. yeah. So I, I like, I immediately put on my Instagram. I was like, yeah, like this is my humor. Please check out this movie. And I know like some of my friends are not going to like it, but at the same time, I know some friends are going to absolutely love it. And I think that's the main reason. Um, I I think it's a great conversational uh, thing too. I think this is something that we need in film because there's a lot of like, and I love, I'm going to be like the, um, I don't even know how to explain it, but I love that people are remaking old films. I don't care like, or sequels, requels. I'm all for it. It's like, if you can make something that's, for this generation great uh is it going to introduce more people to like the original film yeah i think so uh so i'm all for that and i i I mean there's times where we just need like a refreshing take a new movie a movie that's uh just seems very original and i think this is that movie to be honest um the, the only two movies i can think about that i've seen this year and i've seen a lot of movies this year is your movie duel and maybe fresh I don't know if you saw Fresh, but Fresh was another oh, one. Like, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I won't spoil anything for you too, but I was like, there has to be more movies like this. This is like a really good, like, just like a quick hour and a half, maybe two hour movie that you can just come in and enjoy. And it's something that you've never seen before. Yeah. And I think you have like a big fan base, to be honest. Because I, I was, um, because I try to prepare as much as possible when I go into these interviews, but I like to have it be very freeform as well and have just like you were talking about earlier uh, before we record, it's like a conversation mm-hmm. um, where I was just asking my friends like, hey, have you seen his last work? Uh, and I watched one of your movies too, um, The Art of Self-Defense. And I was like, oh yeah, this is really good. It's like, I'm surprised I've never seen it before. Uh, and it's like, yeah, this guy is really dark. I'm like, oh, it's like, <laughs> Sounds good. It's like, but like, there's people like, oh, I didn't know like you would know about this movie because it seems very indie, but it's gonna be a big word of mouth, and I think a lot yeah. of people are gonna enjoy that. And there's a lot of conversational space in that on Twitter too. I don't know if you're active on social media. Yeah, yeah, but, especially on Twitter and Instagram. Yeah. Yes, um, but yeah, this is like one of those refreshing movies that I really appreciate. So thank you for making it. Thanks. Yeah. And I'm, I'm really happy to hear that you had a really great team. And it sounds like um, you guys had fun making it. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, making movies is a fun job. And obviously there are hard moments in, in every production. But if you're not having fun making a movie, that might not be the job for you. Exactly. Uh, one of the, the nicest things I've ever heard last year, and this is how I live my life now, and it's very simplistic, do what you love and do it a lot. Very yeah. simplistic, but it's everything in life. That's me with jujitsu, and that's me with making movies. Hell yeah, I love that. Uh, so I'm guessing you're a big martial arts background then? Just jujitsu, and I've been doing it since I was 26, uh, about nine years now training. I'm a brown belt. I teach. Uh, this morning, I hadn't been able to train in a week because of all the press I've been doing, so I went to more the, the 7 a.m. class this morning before all the interviews mm-hmm. started. 
because I just, I needed it. And so, yeah, of having course. something outside of movies is very important to me and specifically jujitsu. Uh, and I recommend people who, even if they love something, like to always have that something else that's a little different that, so right. that you're not just so on one thing that you that you get stuck or that you get uh, tired of it or whatever it is. I, I like that yeah. I have some uses a different part of my brain. You need an outlet to decompress sometimes. Yeah. And I, I am a big believer in that too. Um, what would you like to share to the people listening about the filmmaking process or the film industry? Uh, it's a question I'd love to ask just because a lot of people don't know what goes behind the scenes or they don't really know what really goes into like making a movie. Uh, I know because I do that. I mean, I have not made my own movie, but I want to do it one day. Um, I know how much work goes into it. And I love hearing like people who make movies talk about it, but yeah, what's like the one thing people should know about the film industry or the filmmaking process? I mean, I don't know that there's necessarily just one thing, but obviously, right. but the, uh, the first thing that came to mind was I think everyone just assumes that especially writer directors that they know exactly what they want at all times and that they're mm. fully prepared at every like moment and that they don't second guess anything. But I, I would say that every single person I know uh, who's a human being, they wake up the day of production starting that first day of shooting and they go like, what the fuck am I doing? <laughs> like, I got to run away. I'm going to mess it up. Uh, it's not going to work this time. I'm going to lose the producers all their money. And uh, I think it's so common, no matter how many things you make to get that, that uh, imposter syndrome. Right. And I think the one thing that's happened, the more I make stuff is even though I feel that imposter syndrome, I now know that I can do it and that I can talk myself out of that voice that's in the back of my head. So I'm sure they're like Spielberg probably wakes up before every shoot starts and goes, fuck, this is happening, fuck. And then he goes, I've been there though. Like he can talk I, and he's just better at doing it because he's been through it all these years. Right. I feel like even just three movies in now, I'm, I'm better at saying, you got this, relax. Don't listen to that other voice that's, that's telling you no. Um, I think that people just assume that it's easy. And, right. uh, and I, I think that there's, there's, everyone's human. And so there's, there's bound to be moments of self-doubt. Uh, it's just how you, it's how you overcome those moments that that's the, the, the true like version of yourself. So this movie's whole symbolism of your life, basically when you make a movie. Yeah. I mean, it really can yeah. be if you want to look at it that way, for sure. Yeah. yeah. It's always battling against yourself. You, like you said, you're, um, or you're your own worst critic, right? Sometimes you're like, yeah. oh yeah, no, I, yeah. Totally. Imposter syndrome is the worst, but and like I said, in every, and yeah. I, I feel it on like, even when I compete, like in jujitsu there, are, you step on the mat with somebody else and you're like, I do this every single day for hours a day. And I'm very confident in what I do and how I've trained leading up to this competition, but you still go, Oh God, what am I doing? And right. then you're in the middle of it and you're fine. And then afterwards you're like, I'm so glad I did that. I think it, it happens everywhere. Yes. Uh, and the, one of the biggest things too, where I always tell people like, oh, you should follow your passion. You should do what you love. And people are always scared to do so. Sometimes you just have to have that leap of faith and just jump for it and do yeah. it. And sometimes when you wake up that morning and you're like, I'm really scared about this. I'm going to lose the producers or whatever's going through your mind. You still get the job done. So yeah. well done. As long as you make the effort. Exactly. Yes. As long as you try. Some people don't even try, which is. That's, the, that's where you fail. Exactly. Yeah. It's like, if you don't start, nothing's going to happen. 
We're, we're a bunch of motivational speakers over here. <laughs> Hopefully the listeners will take something, something out of it. Right. Yeah. But uh, as well, they should definitely check out this movie. Cause I feel like this was very cathartic for me to watch because I was like, yes, I, this is me. I am Sarah, like literally every day, but at the same time, oh, kind of like we both are, uh, we push ourselves. We, we have to get outside that comfort zone where sometimes like, even when I do like um, interviews like this, I pace around this room. I totally. don't, yeah. yeah. I'm just like, oh, I'm gonna fuck it up. I'm not gonna say what I'm supposed to say. Yeah. How am I supposed to like make it last 30 minutes? Am I asking the right questions? And I was like, and and I love my friends too because I always text them for like support and support systems, everything too. Mm-hmm. Uh, the people around you is what makes you who you are. And they're like, just have a conversation. I'm like, you're right. This and look insane. at us. We're we're at uh, we're at 27 Almost minutes. There. Yeah, it's been great. Um, so I'll I'll ask the last question, and this is up to you if you want to answer it or if you're allowed to answer it. But is there a dream project ahead, or is there something that you're going to be working on very soon? Um, I mean, I don't have specifics. I, I'm attached to a TV show that hasn't uh, been announced yet because we are about to enter the pitch process where you take it out to networks. But we have a very cool lead actor attached to it. And the script is awesome. The showrunner is really cool. Um, so hopefully there's more information about that soon. Um, and then in the meantime, I'm just trying to figure out what the next idea is that I can kind of run with my own idea. Um, mm-hmm. I'm always interested uh, in reading stuff from my agents, from other writers, when it makes, makes sense uh, sensibility wise. But it's a little harder to find stuff that other people write that I really, really attach to. But every once in a while, something comes through that I get super stoked about. So hopefully, hopefully that happens at some point this year. And then... Um, I mean, in the future, I would love to make something that's more of like a period piece that's a, like back in time as oh. opposed to current or sort of like slight future. So uh, I don't know what that is, but it would be cool to do something historical at some point. Well, I'm definitely going to be looking forward to it. I'm really going to look forward to all of your work, to be honest. Awesome. Um, Thank you. Yeah. So thank you for joining me. Uh, this was really great. Uh, is there a place where we can find your work or your social media if you want to share that to our listeners? Yeah, I mean, if anybody wants to follow, like you don't have to and you really shouldn't. But, uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm at Riley Stearns on both Instagram and Twitter. Uh, I feel like I use Instagram way more than Twitter. So if you get annoyed by posts, don't follow me on Instagram. If you like want to read something that I write every once in a while, which is a little bit more scattered, then follow the Twitter. And if you're a... Uh, like sadist follow both uh <laughs> and uh and then duel will be out in theaters uh april 15th uh, i guess maybe today depending on when yes. the theaters and uh it'll be at most of like amcs and draft houses and and definitely check out your local theaters too like your independent theaters because uh we always want to support them i love it and yes uh for all our listeners uh this today is the release of um, the movie itself on friday um please check it out duel is really great and i had a great time talking to you uh any last words of wisdom before we close up the show uh no (laughs) (laughs) i really tried to think of no no you're good you're good yeah but Uh, i I I really appreciate you having me this this has been really nice and uh, i really appreciate your uh your enthusiasm for the film and and all the great questions absolutely anytime uh well this was nightlight a horror movie podcast i was your host freddie also known as nanny night and it was a pleasure serving you